This is Neo420 Talks, the podcast speaking truth against the lies. USA, USA, USA. Well, well, the cabal sure does make it easy for us to figure out which things they don't want people to see. Because it turns out that anytime I draw attention to something they're really protective of, they rush to take it down. I don't know if you remember in my video about the World Economic Forum's subgroup. The Young Global Leaders has a subgroup called the Global Shapers Community, and I did a video about that a little while back. And before I did the video, I had posted a couple of things direct from them on my Twitter. And within hours, they had deleted those things from the internet. And not just the things that I posted, but anything that would have referred back to those things. Most of, most of all, at that point, it was the Ottawa Global Shapers Hub. And this was during the trucker protests. And I have a suspicion that perhaps all the nice photos of all the members of their Ottawa Global Shapers Hub would have been useful, maybe in identifying some of the people that were involved in complaining so loudly about the truckers. Perhaps, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, it's just happened again. This morning, given the fact that there's been so many hurricanes and weather events lately, I made a tweet. Well, my friend Mrs. Smith made a tweet. If you want to follow a great account on Twitter, go to at Fringe Views, capital F, capital V, and look for this, Mrs. Smith. I can attest to this account's, you know, being very much worth following. All right, this is the tweet I made this morning at 10.50 a.m. Every time they say man-made climate change, I think of cloud seeding and other weather, weather modification technologies, not hot showers and cars. Because, you know, you know, they blame us, our habits, for the drastic events that are happening all around the world. Yeah, well, I think they're right. Climate change is man-made. Some of these weather events are caused by man, but I think it's caused by their own quest to control the weather. And I've linked here to a YouTube video that I wanted people to see because so many people believe weather modification doesn't exist. And that source, that video I linked to, was actually a video by Vice News. So, globalist narrative approved outfit, Vice News. They have a technology, um, uh, what would you call it, like magazine, that's called Motherboard. And so they had this video from December 2021 called These Scientists Are Altering Weather to Fight Droughts, December 8th, 2021. Look at how low their views are. 18,717 views. Holy cow, that's low. So really, nobody really paid attention to this video, which is why I think it stayed up so long. But I've posted it on my account, which granted is not very big on Twitter anymore because they've banned they banned my amazing Polly Twitter account long ago which had well over 100,000 subscribers and then they banned my next one Lizbeth Croissant 
But my friend Mrs. Smith is standing in there for me in my stead. And even though it doesn't have a ton of followers, I don't know. Somebody out there did not want attention drawn to this video about the reality of weather modification that is happening now. So, I luckily still had that page up on my browser when I got this reply to my tweet. The video is no longer available. At 11, 11 a.m. Okay, you see how fast they moved on this. I posted that link at 10.50 a.m. So 21 minutes later, they had already gotten the word to take that video down. Mind blown. 21 minutes. So is someone watching Mrs. Smith's at Fringe Views account on Twitter to see what it's posting? And if it has any impact at all, are they moving to get rid of the things I'm pointing out? I don't know, but 20 minutes? That's got to be some kind of record. So what is it they didn't want people to see? Well, I am going to be posting that whole video after I'm done talking here. I think I might edit out some little bits, especially their um, intro branding thing, because I just want to avoid any harassment for copyright. Like, I don't want BitChute or Rumble to get hit with copyright. So I will edit just a tiny bit, but I'm going to play the whole thing for you. And it's astonishing. They totally admit that they are using cloud seeding for all kinds of reasons. And the people, you know, you well, you'll see it, but the first guy is actually from Idaho Power. Idaho Power is using cloud seeding. Guess why? Because a lot of their energy, electricity, comes from hydroelectric. And the dam, because of the lack of water this summer, the dam was, uh, the, the water level was going down. So they admit, they grabbed the clouds and harvesting them to fill up their dams for their electric power. What does that mean for all the people downstream, downwind, who didn't get any of that water. And then they interview another woman. They're doing a similar thing elsewhere, into the Colorado River. And the justifications and mind flips these people do to make it sound like it's perfectly legit and it actually helps everyone. Well, you'll see what I'm talking about when you watch the video. And one more thing I want to show you. Oh, I should do this for posterity. Here is the description that was under that video before it got taken down. So you can see all the information there. Cloud seeding has been around for almost a century, touted for its ability to increase rain and snowfall in drought-stricken regions. Governments have spent billions on these weather-modifying projects, despite scant evidence that the technology actually increased precipitation. Now, scientists finally have proof that cloud seeding works. But can weather modification ever escape its controversial reputation? <laughs> Fairly even-handed description there. And it's not that long of a documentary, but it does, in my opinion, have some booms in it, especially for your normie friends. So I'll play that in a second, but I just want to show you one more thing. Um, I was looking up silver iodide's effect 
on plants because they use silver iodide, at least in the ones they covered in this documentary, to do the seeding. That's what they put into the clouds to make them sort of crystallize and uh, bring the precipitation out of the clouds in, into the ground. So ecological effects of silver iodide and other weather modification agents, a review. This is by Charles Cooper and William Jolly, and it was first published February 1970. And yet they deny that this has been going on. And it says here that they don't think that it would cause toxicity because of the way that this chemical uh, turns into non-soluble compounds, but it says there's some possibility that silver from cloud seeding will retard growth of algae, fungi, bacteria, and fish in fresh water. Additional laboratory investigations are needed. Inhibition of aquatic microorganisms would interfere with the cycle that returns essential nutrients to the water. Really significant, in my opinion, when you think of the... Um, We've been thinking of it in terms of soil degradation, which it would be, because no doubt soil gets its nutrients from rain, at least partly, right? So that's 1970. And if they have been doing this and experimenting with this all throughout these decades, I wonder if that's part of the reason that there's such a lack of nutrients in our soil and therefore our food at this point. All right, and then it says down here, dispersal of proprietary organic compounds should be prohibited unless their composition is fully revealed. And there's all kinds of companies out there doing this cloud seeding now. And all kinds of countries where we don't have any right to, uh, you know, get their information about what they're using for this purpose. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there before you watch the documentary. It's very short, like I said. Um, and I want to reiterate one more time the tweet that I put out this morning. Every time they say man-made climate change, I think of cloud seeding and other weather modification technologies, not hot showers and cars, with a link to the documentary. Because I want everyone to start thinking of it that way. They're actually telling you the truth. A lot of these flood events and droughts and all of that are man-made but they're man-made by for-profit companies. Not your neighbor and their showers, not your buying habits, not our garbage, but by profit-driven energy companies, agriculture companies, events companies, even just countries that want to have ski hills in the middle of deserts like the United Arab Emirates. That's the truth of man-made climate change. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to my introduction. Please go to my website, amazingpoly.net, if you'd like to uh, see what I'm up to. I haven't been active because my health has not been good. I'm having a lot of trouble with my eyesight and a couple of other things. But I'm uh, still out here, as you can see, and I'm working on another video right now, which I hope to have up fairly soon. AmazingPolly.net. You'll never miss anything, and you can also support my work if you go to the contact page. You will see how to do that. All right, everybody, until next time, enjoy this video. Climate change is driving historic droughts across the globe, and parched regions are increasingly turning to cloud seeding, a weather modification technology for boosting rain and snowfall. 
At least eight U.S. states and more than 50 countries have some kind of cloud seeding program. China alone spent more than $1.3 billion on seeding clouds between 2012 and 2017. Now, new research is bringing us closer to understanding the process and exactly how effective it really is. But can this weather-bending tech ever fully dispel its cloud of controversy? Cloud seeding is just another arrow in the quiver. It's uh, another tool that we can use in the whole portfolio of of the water system and our portfolio of power generation. That's Derek Lestrid. He's a senior atmospheric scientist at Idaho Power, an electrical utility with a growing cloud seeding program. So why is an electric company messing around with Idaho's clouds? One word, hydropower. By having a little bit more water available to us, that's the cheapest um, energy source that we have and that helps to keep our costs low. Our hydro facilities can offset our need for other generation sources like gas or coal. Like much of the American West, Idaho is experiencing severe record-breaking drought. And with less water around, hydropower is feeling the heat. U.S. hydro generation is expected to have declined around 14% this year, and at least one California facility had to shut down completely. And usually, that means burning more fossil fuels to fill the gap. So here in Idaho, what we do is wintertime seeding, so we're trying to enhance the, the snowpack that falls in the higher elevations of the mountains. Idaho Power's program specifically focuses on trying to make it snow. But in arid desert regions, summer cumulus clouds are seeded to increase liquid rainfall. And in some cases, cloud seeding is used to break up large hailstones and storms before they fall. So this snow falls down and then it's a reservoir in the mountains. And so people can recreate with it. They can snowmobile, they can ski. That water then trickles into the streams, which is good for, for plants. It's good for the fish that's there. Cloud seeding usually involves getting a compound called silver iodide into clouds. You can get it there with smoke or vapor by spraying from an airplane or blasting it off the ground. Inside the clouds, the silver iodide gloms onto tiny hovering water particles. Those particles might never have fallen to the ground, but the seeding material gets them heavy enough that gravity can pull them down. The silver iodide specifically acts on droplets of supercooled liquid water. They're below freezing temperature and yet stubbornly refuse to ice up. When we were in school, we all learned that the freezing point's 32 degrees Fahrenheit, right? But in nature, that's not necessarily the truth. Um, in a clean environment like the atmosphere, water can be in the liquid state, in theory, down as cold as minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And so what that liquid water needs is it needs something to teach it how to freeze. And so that could be another ice particle, that could be a dust particle, that could be, you know, an an aerosol that's floating in the atmosphere. We inject silver iodide into the cloud, and silver iodide on the molecular scale is hexagonal in shape, so it's mimicking a, a natural ice crystal. And when that then comes in contact with the supercooled water, it basically flash freezes it, and it starts the process of the snowflake. Sounds plausible. And yet, until a few years ago, no one had actually observed this process taking place inside a cloud. Outside a lab, scientists were simply unable to prove that cloud seeding worked. The elements of cloud seeding as we know it were discovered by scientists Vincent Schaefer and Bernard Vonnegut in the 40s. Schaefer's first tests involved forming a cloud in a box, 
creating snowfall in a repurposed home freezer. In 1947, he reportedly flew the first successful cloud seeding run in upstate New York, making it snow with a bag of dry ice. This was before silver iodide became the aerosol of choice. Of course, in the U.S., we weren't about to let a new technology go unweaponized. During the Vietnam War, Operation Popeye was a years-long U.S. military cloud seeding project. The idea was to lengthen the monsoon season, with floods and clogged roads to hinder the enemy's movements. The operation was largely considered a failure, and in 1977, using weather modification as a weapon was banned by a UN treaty. But the weather modification experiments continued. Project Storm Fury, a 20-year project that ended in the early 80s, aimed at weakening the impact of hurricanes using the principles of cloud seeding. This project was also a failure, but it taught us a lot about tropical cyclones. Katya Friedrich is a professor of atmospheric and oceanic sciences at the University of Colorado. She studies storms, and her research has been key to finally pinpointing exactly how effective wintertime cloud seeding can be. Why has this topic been so controversial um, in the scientific community? The underlying principle is relatively easy, straightforward, forward, and works very well in the lab. The problem in the atmosphere is twofold. First of all, the atmosphere is not a lab. You have a lot of turbulence, you have a lot of motions. The second problem we have is that we're doing cloud seeding in active precipitating systems. It's really difficult to distinguish what is a natural process and what is a cloud seeding process. Without a way to test exactly what a cloud would have done without seeding, how can you tell what you've added? Over the last two decades, though, new technology has allowed scientists to closely monitor conditions inside clouds and storms. Statistical, numerical, and computer-based modeling improved as data was gathered year after year, building better information to test against. And in 2017, Katya, with other scientists and seeders like Idaho Power, was able to precisely observe and measure every step of the cloud seeding process for the first time. They found the long sought after evidence that winter cloud seeding works, at least to some extent. We could really track the entire life cycle of, of this process. We could even evaluate how much snow we produced during those cloud seeding events because we basically eliminated the natural precipitation. After finding storms with supercooled liquid water but almost no natural precipitation, the team knew most of the snow came from seeding. When conditions were perfect, the precipitation formed in neat lines, echoing the precise movements of the seeding aircraft. Once we saw these lines that, that generally, they looked like zigzag lines, we thought, okay, this is nothing that, that, a, uh, that nature can produce. They looked like zigzag lines. We thought, okay, this is nothing that, that, a, uh, that nature can produce. But again, we were not quite sure, but then we thought this was pretty exciting. We are able to produce that once. Can we produce that again? The experiments only produced very light dustings of snow. But over an 80 square kilometer area, it added up. Between three successful runs, they produced 282 Olympic-sized swimming pools worth of water. Do you think we can say unequivocally that cloud seeding works? Yeah, I mean, it does work. I mean, there are certainly conditions where it works better than other conditions. We also showed how much um, precipitation you can actually get out of cloud seeding. And it is not that much, but again, it comes down to how desperate are we for water. 
So again, if you're in a, in a child situation, if you're in a very um, arid environment, then cloud seeding is a valuable tool. So cloud seeding will not solve child conditions or child um, problems, will not solve the, uh, the, the lack of water in many, many regions, but it can contribute to, um, to solving the water issue. But the debate over cloud seeding goes beyond the question of whether it works. One question that I sometimes get, get is like whether we are stealing water. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the principle underlying answer is yes. There's no way to know for sure whether a seeded cloud would have later precipitated in a neighboring area. This has led to accusations of rain theft in places like China, Australia, and the western U.S. Sure, some seeded clouds would have rained or snowed somewhere else. Of course, that somewhere else could be over the ocean. It's also not clear that cloud seeding results in any measurable loss of moisture for downwind areas. Water systems are connected in ways that, in the long run, can make fighting over clouds pointless. And honestly, does anyone really own any particular cloud? Even if we are stealing water from the downstream states, these states might also benefit by the water that is then again being stored in, in, the, in the Rocky Mountains. So it's not really an issue that Colorado does the cloud seeding and stores the water. No, this is actually water that actually goes into the Colorado River and then serves all the downstream states. And are there any sort of environmental harms of silver iodide? I'm just imagining that sort of becoming runoff and getting into kind of water systems. Are there any known sort of risk to this? You're putting silver iodide into the cloud, the silver iodide will end up in the groundwater. But the way we are currently doing this, or the way it's currently done, is that the amounts of silver that are found in the river streams are um, basically very low and they're low any kind of EPA values. All of these agencies that currently do cloud seeding, they also have to provide documentation about what is the, the level of silver in, in river streams. Okay, so it sounds like it's a little bit of a question mark still, like what the kind of risks are, at least to human, human health. We're below EPA levels in waterways, but... We're not totally sure what this could do to me. Yeah. Again, there's also a lot of research on different methods where you don't have to put in silver iodide, where you can maybe do this with electric fields and things like that. And so maybe we solve the problem of silver iodide. Scientists have experimented with replacing silver iodide with sea salt, propane, and even bacteria. The United Arab Emirates is reportedly developing a system that would use drones to zap clouds with electricity. Created with scientists at the UK's University of Reading, the technology isn't operational yet. But the idea is that jolts of power would fuse small, cloud-borne droplets into larger ones, which would then become heavy enough that they fall as rain. It's the kind of high-tech weather-altering project we'll probably see more of as climate change heats up, which is kind of ironic when you think about it. Forced to alter the weather by the very same weather we ourselves have horribly altered. And people can get really upset about cloud seeding and they say, oh, you're manipulating the weather, you're manipulating everything. And I said, you know what? Every time you get into a car, every time you get into an airplane, you are manipulating the weather as, as well. And we don't think about this. That is complete BS by the psychopath foreigners who've been funded by the global criminal cabal. Do not believe their nonsense. We're working on getting the video up on our video channel. There will be a link in the description that is available on our website, neo420.com, go to the talks page on the menu, select uh, podcast, and you'll be able to hear this episode and be able to get that link for the video there. For those freedom fighting 
patriot Christian brothers and sisters who do, I salute you.